With frequent wildfires contributing to airborne pollution, the harmful effects of inflammation and free radical exposure are of particular concern. But you can buttress your natural defenses with nutritional support from my friends at NT Factor. Free radicals are highly unstable molecules that can trigger cell damage, leaving your cells less equipped to utilize oxygen. NT Factor's breakthrough lipids formula restores energy and undoes the damage to cells caused by free radicals. Breathe Clear with NT Factor combines the benefits of NT Factor with quercetin, a powerful bioflavonoid. In addition to its antioxidant properties, quercetin is an anti-inflammatory. It works to open up the nasal and respiratory passages. For a limited time, buy one container of NT Factor lipids powder and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor free. Just go to ntfactor.com, that's ntfactor.com, or call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158. This summer, arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get Breathe Clear with NT Factor absolutely free and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against free radicals. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our pre-Labor Day edition of Q&A with Layla. We don't miss a beat because uh, even through the summer, we've been pretty much banging out fresh content, and we thank you for sending questions to questions at drhoffman.net. And we'll need more questions for next week, but you got lots of time this weekend to contemplate them. Um, so... What's your next question, Layla? We've got one from Kathleen. Hello, Dr. Hoffman. I recently read an article that said when taking a strontium supplement, the calcium supplement should be a higher dose than strontium. Is this true? I'm currently taking a bone formula, which I've just lowered to 500 milligrams of calcium. If I was taking the full dose, it would be 700 milligrams of calcium. My doctor advised me to lower the bone formula due to my blood work showing a blood calcium of 106. I wonder what kind of measure that would. 106. That's not. A, that's not an American measure. It's not. It. it, it yeah. Yeah. Is this, where's what's the domain know. of the email from? It's another country. Mm, don't know. Okay. Can't tell, actually, from the email. I separate these two supplements by about 10 hours. You definitely want to take strontium away from calcium. This is this is good. Uh, Kathleen says, I had good luck with strontium in the past regarding my spine and hip, but I still have some osteoporosis in my femoral neck. I've had one hip replacement due to osteoarthritis. Oh, this sounds very specific here. Yeah, the natural side is is good and not showing osteoarthritis, so no need for a hip replacement on that side. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Calcium scan refers maybe to her heart scan. Nope. It's her a blood, blood calcium of blood 106. Calcium? Blood calcium of 106. And the doctor advised me to lower my bone formula due to a blood that work showing blood calcium of that 106. That doesn't make sense because the normal range of calcium is like, you know, 8, eight to something, ten, eight to eight to ten, ten and a half. approximately. Yeah, 8.5 eight. to 10.5, yeah, something yeah, like exactly. that. Exactly. So right? 106, I don't know what that means. Yeah. 106 could be the amount of calcium deposit in the coronary arteries. Hmm. But that doesn't make sense. No. Kathy says, oh, maybe she just forgot a decimal point between the 10 and the 6. Oh, maybe. 10.6. Yeah, 10.6. That makes sense. 10.6 is just a little high. Yeah. So let me just speak to that first before we get into the question. Yeah. So blood calcium is highly regulated. Right. And usually doesn't have that much to do with how much calcium you take in. Mm. You know, because it's regulated by the parathyroid gland. Yeah. And how much you absorb 
is based on that. Of course, it does have something to do with vitamin D levels. Mm -hmm. uh, occasionally, really excessive vitamin D will hike your absorption of calcium to the point where you develop hypercalcemia and excess calcium deposits in your joints and your kidneys, you know, that yeah. bad kind of stuff. But generally, even with pretty high doses of vitamin D, that doesn't happen. And in the ordinary course of life, with a normal with a normal parathyroid, your calcium is regulated. So, uh, you know, it will stopping intake of calcium make that better or reducing it, especially such a small reduction, 750 to 500. That's mm -hmm. a tweak. I don't think that's going to make a big difference. So, mm -hmm. uh, I would. If I were following this patient, I'd say, well, yeah, this is just a one-off. Maybe that test isn't accurate. We'll repeat it. You know, maybe next time with 10-3, Right. You know, it just might have been a glitch. Yeah. Um, if it is higher and repeatedly high, it's not about how much calcium she's taking in. Mm. It's about her parathyroids, which need evaluation. You can do okay. uh, check for parathyroid hormone uh, mm -hmm. levels. Yeah. And then if you have hyperparathyroidism, is another thing you need, you know, sometimes an operation to remove your parathyroids. Mm. So that is a condition that's, um, you know. Kathy says, I'll be 72 in a few weeks. I have an excellent diet. I listen to your podcast regularly and follow a whole, do whole foods diet. No sugar, no gluten. I have small amounts of dairy. Well, so okay. she's not getting excessive not calcium. Not a lot of calcium. Yeah. Yeah, not right. a lot of, okay. yeah. Hmm. So then the, the strontium question creeps in. Right. About should calcium be higher than strontium? Well, here's the thing. Uh, you should not take calcium with strontium because they'll cancel each other out. Yeah. But uh, do, do you find any information that suggests that when you take strontium, you need more calcium? No. I, other times of the day? I no. Yeah. No, I've not found that anywhere in my search. I just find that strontium may take up in the receptors where calcium would be Received, but that that would be that would be desirable. Well, that's desirable because, because actually it's a strontium. It, the, in way, bone. the way it's I look at strontium is that strontium is, uh, and your your husband would understand this uh, analogy because he's in construction and contracting, is that strontium is a little like the rebar in concrete. Yeah. And when you put in more rebar, you strengthen the concrete. So. Uh, Strontium substitutes for calcium in bone very mm -hmm. readily, yeah. but it is structurally stronger than yeah. calcium. So is it going to impede the absorption of calcium? The net effect is it increases bone density. It does. Yeah. And and, and we've seen it. It reduces fracture risk. We've seen it in DEXA scores yeah. from pre-strontium use to post. 10, 12, besides, 15 percent improvement. Besides the other uh, bone protocols like Ostera, mm -hmm. magnesium, vitamin D, as you mentioned, vitamin K. Even olive leaf extract very, has very some important. benefits in terms of bone depth. Yes, yes. And we mentioned vitamin K. So, so, okay, so I don't think that it's necessary. Um, I like to use strontium, but I don't think everyone should use strontium. I think strontium is more, we use it when Intermediate cases, we don't use it just for little bone loss. We use it for, and when there's enormous amounts of bone loss, we say, you know, unfortunately, you may need medication. You can't mess around with just over-the-counter supplements. But strontium is pretty strong for yeah. moderate, oste mild to moderate osteoporosis mm -hmm. and can be an alternative to medication um, should you prefer not to take medication, which there, for there's pretty darn good reasons not to take medication. Yeah. Except... In some instances, you know, just like, um, you know, just 
there are many instances of you know where you, you really need a statin, take a statin. You know, you really need osteoporosis medications, fine, but don't just take it for you know casually. Right. Just like don't self-prescribe a baby aspirin every day. Oh, you right. know that kind of a thing. So, so yeah, I mean, I think mm -hmm. we've addressed that. So good point, which to allow one of our sponsors this opportunity to share an important message with you. This is uh, a vital part of intelligent medicine because our sponsors are what make intelligent medicine a continuing free resource to you. So please listen up, and if you find it appropriate, uh, please support our sponsors. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. And now back to our questions. What's next, Layla? We've got a question from Adriana. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I went to two urologists for pelvic pain. Two. 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 One did a urine test and saw high red blood cell and wants me to get a CT scan. Okay. Do you have an age of this person? No. Okay. Red blood cells in a female? Presumably? In a female. Uh, Adriana. Which is a concern because red blood cells either indicate problem with the kidneys Mm -hmm. or a problem with the bladder, like an infection, maybe a stone, maybe even cancer. So, in, mm -hmm. But post premenopausally, they could be just the residual from a uh, menstrual period. Yeah, yeah. But that should so, be followed up. Right. Uh, the other urologist said there is no blood in the catheterized urine. And the one that did the catheterized urine says I should hold off on the CT scan. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I don't know exactly what's going on there. Uh, generally... Yeah. Urologists uh, know how to work up uh, hematuria, which is blood in the urine. Yeah. And so you got a difference of opinion on this. And you know, I don't know why there is a difference of opinion on this. Hmm. Because uh, I. It was two different urine tests. One was a simple urine test, the other was a catheterized urine test. Yeah, I don't know why a catheterized urine test would be why? more definitive and in some ways rule because I mean the blood could be intermittent and at the time that the catheterization was done mm -hmm. there may have been no blood but that doesn't mean that the blood before is uh, insignificant. I I guess one compromise solution is to keep monitoring the urine for the presence of blood and if there's persistent blood even, you know, after this then I guess I would do more workup. What what's the cat Want a CAT scan they want to do? A CT scan. Yeah, so the CT scan, what's that going to show? Well, it could show the presence of stones. It could show the presence of cancer. It could show, uh, you know, potentially some abnormalities in the bladder. 
that all these can be reason for pelvic pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but what the 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 salient thing about this is it doesn't address the patient's complaint. Right. It's kind of like you're fine. You don't have cancer. You know. You don't have stones. You're not dying. It's like leave it alone. Right. But what do we do about the pelvic pain? Right. So if the urologist can't solve the problem, have you seen the gynecologist yet? Right. Or there is even a uh, a species of doctor. It's a subspecialty. It's a urogynecologist, oh, which is like right. often they're uh, they're female oriented because most urologists are sort of male oriented. Like more yeah. stuff goes wrong with the male urinary apparatus, with the prostate and so on, mm-hmm. than with the female. So there are some female urology specialists, and they'll work on issues like pelvic pain. Mm-hmm. And one of the treatments for pelvic pain is pelvic floor uh, physical therapy. Physical right. therapy that addresses right. pelvic floor dysfunction, mm-hmm. which is is a whole branch of urology, and that is, I think, a plausible way of dealing with pelvic pain. Now, first, they have to eliminate physical causes of pelvic pain. It's yeah. like God forbid, is it something going on in there? But if they if if they can't find anything, mm-hmm. then you have a common disorder, which is uh, functional pain, functional uh, pelvic pain, right. and that's a really common thing. And it can result in urinary issues, it can result in pain issues, it can result in painful intercourse mm-hmm. uh, issues, mm-hmm. and that's real common in women. Right. And especially after pregnancies, you know, pregnancies sure. can mess things up. Sure. So, Other uh, reasons for pelvic pain, thinking out loud, endometriosis, yeah. possibly but in urine, a younger, in fibroids, a younger patient, younger, we don't know what the age is. We don't know the age know, of yeah. Adriana. Right. So, okay. There... But, you know, a CT scan will show, provide a clear picture of anything that's going on in the region, for the most part? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, is, you know, yeah. is there a, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not a radiologist, but is there a preference for an MRI versus a CT in these instances? Right. Uh, generally, I think you start with a CT. Yeah. Even though that's a whole lot more radiation. Isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But when you're when you're hunting for the potential for cancer, that's a, a pretty good screen. Yeah, yeah. Adriana, we hope you feel better soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now here's a very interesting question about scalar frequencies devices. Do you think these are legit? In your opinion, this comes from Susan, mm-hmm. and she's. Interested in in a particular type of product, which we don't want to get into here, but what do you think of these scalar frequencies devices? These devices are supposedly helpful for things like chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. Uh, they're they're purporting a variety of health benefits, uh, helping with cognitive impairment, sleep disorder, and it's about electromagnetic shielding. Right. So these these emitters, these powerful emitters of scalar waves in the range of six to sixty, a small m, a big W. It's very low frequency. Yeah, 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 yeah. Power consumption have been developed, and these devices emit scalar waves at the average Schumann frequency. Now I've heard some things in passing about the Schumann frequencies being very good for health, the right. resonance. So this guy Schumann apparently was a physicist who figured out that 
uh, the Earth has resonances. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just have, we know the Earth has magnetism, and we know that the Earth has gravity, mm -hmm. uh, and but there are these subtle fluctuations, like it's almost like the Earth is resonating with certain frequencies. It's humming in yes. a way, but we can't, we can't hear it audibly, but it's having right. an effect on our bodies. And it's native mm -hmm. electromagnetic field, which is desirable. Right. Native electromagnetic, right. like walking barefoot in the right. soil on the beach, you're getting the native EMF, which is supposed you're to be earthing. healthy. You're earthing. We're earthing. Right. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So then the question is, is this legitimate? I've seen some studies that suggest that these devices help with certain things, like you mentioned, insomnia, yeah, fibromyalgia, uh, fibromyalgia certain things yeah. uh, that they have a good effect. Mm -hmm. But I think those studies are not very mainstream. They're in sometimes a little bit less well-recognized medical journals. This is more about energy medicine, which yeah. I want to say is kind of burgeoning. It's probably yeah. been there forever, mm -hmm. but it's more recognized yeah. lately. Yeah. Uh, which is very, very interesting. Uh, in 1998, uh, uh, someone by the name of Rain, R-E-I-N, summarized more recent work on the biological effects of scalar waves. Scalar waves can inhibit neurotransmitter uptake into nerve cells and stimulate the growth of human lymphocytes. Hmm. And these, there are indications that the effects are in part mediated by effects on the properties of cell and tissue water. Right. We are, we're 70% water, mm -hmm. the human body. So now all of this is being scrutinized well, more. We, we know, for example, that medicine. animals uh, navigate mm -hmm. by uh, the Earth's magnetism. They actually, mm -hmm. they do incredible feats of migration. How do they know to go south? They don't have a gyroscope. They don't have a compass. They just know how to position themselves directionally. And that has to do with very uh, great sensitivity that they have in their brains and their nervous systems to magnetic impulses. Mm -hmm. And it, it, they, it's a real thing. I mean, it's, it's in even very simple animals like uh, insects, but also certainly in birds who migrate thousands of miles, you know, yeah. uh, north-south axis. So um, there's something to it. I think it's a burgeoning science. Uh, can we answer if these devices are legit or just, you know, an effort to crudely imitate natural rhythms right. with, you know, maybe some plausibility, but not necessarily strongly substantiated results, I can't tell you. Right. Um, and like, we hear a lot about, and even in recent medical conferences and things, about blocking the non-native electromagnetic fields that may be coming from Oh, the 5G, the wireless yep. router, whatever it may be. People want the electronics they like in your little home. amulets around their necks. Yes, and I'm not to sure. Block it. I'm not sure that they work. You know, sometimes it's I feel like it's a good luck piece or something. Exactly, there. which is kind of like a little woo. Yeah. But one doctor mentioned something that really I had to think about for a minute. He said, "I don't wear those devices because I don't want to block the native." Mm. Electromagnetic oh, fields. Okay. I don't want to block the moon and the right. earth right. and the all of this. And I thought, oh, well, that's very interesting. So, you know. Interesting. I mean, There's, on my what? porch, I don't sit that close to my smart meter for okay. my water. Okay. For my home. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. I try not to sit right next to it. Right. For example, am I a little? Am, is it foremost? You know, is it in the front of my mind? Not really. Mm-hmm. I don't feel anything, but who knows? Yeah. Well, there, there is there is a burgeoning science on the on the more conventional science level. Yeah. Um, there's a burgeoning science of using um, extracranial magnetic therapy, ECMT. Uh, or ECMS, you know, extracranial magnetic stimulation, uh, or tra- it's, it's no transcranial. It's TM, TMS, transcranial wow. magnetic to treat various things like depression. This is a big thing. This is you know, really there's there there's legitimate research and uh, practitioners are using this, and also to treat addiction. Now there's some uh, evidence mm-hmm. that it may help to combat uh, tobacco dependency. Wow you know, and. Uh, you know, maybe other drug dependencies, but the problem is they have to localize it to certain parts of the brain, uh, and they have to get the right frequency and the right intensity, and they can't damage the brain or fry the brain, you know, because... Right, so, as opposed to ECT. ECT, which is shock therapy. I mean, we, right, it's yeah. interesting because that was like a crude way of like, you know, we're just going to jolt your brain and, you know, kind of uh, reboot your brain. Right. You know? And was a very uh, terrible practice that was undertaken, um, and was illustrated in um, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and that I think was the death knell for old-fashioned electrical stimulation of the brain. But they're coming back with some new ideas on how to do that in a more subtle and safe and targeted way. That's interesting. So, uh, you know. I know that we have seen a few patients who have undergone the old school ECT. Yeah, some felt well, it's better. Not, it's not. It's not really. It's. It, this is a newer version of the yeah. old school. Is like like smoke would come out of the. Oh electrodes. no! No, oh, but no. the new. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's there is ECT that's commonly used for really really resistant depression. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, one patient in particular, and I think I know what you're talking about, uh, she reports that she had it. She thinks she might have been a little better, but she also reports that there was memory loss associated yeah. with it. Yeah. And that's Which is a side effect. Yeah. frequently uh, seen with electrical, like she strong electrical stuff. stimulation of the brain. Yeah. So, you know, um, it may, you know, it's, it's just like lobotomy. You know, it can kind of yeah. numb your, your perceptions, but it's, you know, it, it, they're... I think what we need are more precision therapies that really uh, target certain brain structures and uh, change them subtly mm-hmm. because that that's where it's at. It's not a matter of applying massive currents. Right, right. You know, it's so it's such a fascinating time to be alive now, Doctor Hoffman. We're coming upon things, you know, ideas, and and hypotheses and theories and even seeing some proof that even in biology the the part that's missing is that we are electrical beings think about the electrical system of the heart and everything that we're we're responding or are responsive to magnetics and electromagnetic fields and all of that and we have to consider all of these things going forward. But paradoxically, forward, right? we're at a stage in civilization where uh, devices that emit electromagnetic waves are ubiquitous in our lives. True. And we're becoming ever more dependent on them. Yeah. And so we have to weigh the 
you know, the convenience and the benefits of these devices mm -hmm. against the possibility that they may be... So even just with the example of uh, EVs, electrical vehicles, yeah. they're having a problem keeping AM radios in there. Now, I know that I, when I use my AM radio, uh, I've got some kind of smart meter in, from our apartment building where it feeds into the apartment, you know, for our for our uh, Wi-Fi. I guess mm -hmm. it's in, you know, there's like a column uh, that's near the my door. Uh, my, like an uh, antenna. Well, it, it's inside, but it's, oh, it's, it's not. It's not the Wi-Fi. It's it's the it's the it's the line that delivers the current. And mm -hmm. when I get my AM radio out to my vestibule, mm -hmm. I get to like the hallway that leads to the door. It it's got full of interference. So if I want to listen to AM radio, mm -hmm. I've got to go to one of the bedrooms or the kitchen or the living room away from the vestibule. I see. So what that tells me is that area is cooking in electromagnetic waves. Now, oh, fortunately, wow. I don't spend a lot of time in that area. I walk there, I pick up my keys and my wallet. I right. pick up, you know, I, 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 I sit on the, on the, on, in, down and I tie my shoes on a stool yes. and I'm out of there. Right. I don't live in that space, but I'm wondering if it's, if it's causing my radio to have that much static, mm. is that, like, what's that doing? You know? Right. Is, is that a good thing? Right. And the answer is, we're not, we don't know. We're plunging headlong into the technology. My, my husband is a big fan of using dimmers on light switches but, for ambiance and know, all of that. Dimmers? But it's dirty electricity. Because if, if I'm listening to talk radio, like yeah. I like to do, yeah. and we put one of the lights on with the dimmer, oh no, there's all kinds of interference. Right. So we have to either leave them on all the way or turn them off. So suddenly coming back to the a floor lamp, the or EV, the electronic, the electric vehicle. Yeah. Um, what's going to happen when you sit in that thing, and you know you're stuck in traffic for hours a day, and if they have trouble shielding an AM radio in those cars from yeah. the electromagnetic waves, what's that doing to you? What's that doing to, let's say, pregnant lady gets in sitting in the car in the passenger seat? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not saying it just I think there's a lot of unknowns about there's these things. There's a lot things. of unknowns. You know. True. And we will do some more series on that. Look, I Yeah. I mean, there's a certain um appeal to people you know, do hearing uh you know, interviews about uh extraterrestrial life and, you know, alien visitations to Earth. I think fine, you know, maybe that's true, but I think more practical is to look at issues that sound esoteric, like what you were talking about, like yeah. the, the Schumann waves and the, yes. the, I mean, the Schumann frequency. I think yeah. that that these are more concrete and plausible issues that we need to focus on and address. And they sound offbeat, yeah. But I think there there is some relevance to exploring those issues. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's so it's, it's not like you know Area Fifty Seven or whatever it is, you know, like <laughs> right? Where, where you know the the remains of the aliens, Area Fifty One, Area Fifty One, right? right, right, right. right. You know, it's, it's like well, I don't know, maybe you know. It's, yeah, I know, but it, it's it's a very exciting time to be alive because in many ways this is also the Great Awakening, which mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, as opposed to the Great Reset, that's still kind of yeah. happening too. We'll see about financial markets, but. We don't talk about that stuff on this podcast, but but the the fact that we're the bio, the the thing that may be missing in biology in our biology training is the electrical side of things, and that's just fascinating to me now. Mm -hmm. So it's very also always very interesting to read 
about all of this and hear about it. Yep, I was on a, I was uh, being driven around in Canada by a guide, and he was like a real mountain man kind of guy. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, he lives in a remote part of Canada, but he just kept saying, "It's a very interesting time to be alive." Yeah. You know, he listens to the news, but he doesn't pay that much attention. But he hears like this stuff happening, and he's in the middle of like this beautiful wilderness in Canada, and he goes, "It's a very interesting time to be alive." Yeah. And yeah. with all the advances in medicine, I mean. One of the things that I'm tracking is I'm looking at what's happening in the field of cancer on the on the conventional side is mm-hmm. some very interesting developments. On the mm-hmm. other hand, you know, some of them are a little half baked and they don't they're expensive and they cause side effects and they don't necessarily extend yeah. life or cure people. But they're really honing in in many ways on cancer. With cardiovascular disease, similar things are happening. You know, you mentioned LP little A. They've got drugs for cholesterol. They got drugs for cholesterol that work better than the previous drugs. They got drugs that knock the socks off your cholesterol. Yeah. They have drugs that will now interfere with LP little A. They have strategies for, uh, like, I can envision a time when somebody who has cardiovascular risk mm-hmm. will be on five or six different drugs. Medications. Wow. Medications. Wow. For, you know, for the ultimate preventive program. Mm-hmm. Oh, and weight loss drugs oh. that's coming in huge it's i mean i mean between ozempic and munjaro and wagovi what, what are all, all of these uh, wow one guy and the demand one guy that i interviewed yesterday and you'll be hearing him is uh, matthew reese he said that there is a demonstrable effect on the economy of a small country denmark which is the uh which is the the country of Novo Nordisk, which is a country that makes many of these semaglutide drugs, mm-hmm. and he says they're they're it's almost like they're becoming like the Saudi Arabia of of Scandinavia Whoa. because they have an economy that is so strongly impacted by their pharmaceutical industry because they're yeah. innovators in this in in this niche area. These drugs will also reduce cardiovascular disease, so. How are we going to prevent it from happening that people will be advised to take a statin, an LPA blocker, an anti-inflammatory medication like colchicine, colchicine old medication, and at the same time, everybody's going to be taking a weight loss drug, Ozempic-type drug (laughs) of the future. Um, It's I don't know if our economy is going to sustain Mm -hmm. that kind of initiative, Mm -hmm. but some people believe that we can... Conquer cancer, conquer heart disease, and still eat a lot of junk food. <laughs> and still eat a lot of junk food. Just take these pills. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It reminds me of the commercial that Larry the Cable Guy did for Pepsid. You want to eat that chili corn dog or whatever yeah. it may be? Yeah. Just take your Pepsid. Yeah. He was a great <laughs> spokesperson for that. Cause right. He had that big overhanging funny. belly. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So... Oh, my. Okay. Not our role model, exactly. Okay. A reminder to everyone to send your questions to questions at drhoffman.net. That's questions at drhoffman.net. There is a lull, you know. Everybody's getting their kids ready to go back to school, and it's the end of summer, and people are moving before the school year starts in many cases. 
Uh, yeah, traditionally there's a lull school. right after Labor Day. See, typically yeah. I, I think like, oh my God, there's going to be a tremendous influx of patients coming to see me mm-hmm. right after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, actually people want to squeeze in before Labor Day because yes. they have more leisure time. It's like after Labor Day, like it's like all of a sudden that the urgency of returning to normal life yeah. and, uh, you know, it, it, it actually gets a little quieter and hopefully people will uh, continue to send questions. Also yes. send questions to... Uh, uh, you can call in question to 877-726-8255, and that's even easier. It does, you don't even have to mm-hmm. use a keyboard. Just record your question, and we'll answer it on the program. Thanks for listening, and remember, drhoffman.com is your one-stop shop for intelligent medicine. We have podcasts there. We've got uh, access to Fullscript, which is our online dispensary. We're, we stock only the highest quality supplements, and you'll get prompt delivery, and you'll be assured of supplement quality. And... Um, we also have our newsletter where we uh, labor to bring you interesting topics. This week's topic for me is how to avoid falls. Yes. Yeah. We are progressively, as we age, we lose balance. Hey, guess what? Uh, uh, Elton John mm-hmm. uh, had a fall this weekend. It was an all, it was like a uh, news alert. Elton fall, El- Elton John's hospital, Elton John hospitalized. He lives in Monaco and he fell. And it was like, oh, my God, Elton John is hospitalized. Well, oh, he just had a fall. They kept him in the hospital for observation, and they sent him home. Mm. So he's fine, folks. But, you know, sometimes he is um, 70-something or other mm-hmm. at an age, 76, I think, at an age where people sometimes decline in vitality. And falls can be a prelude to that uh, slippery slide towards uh, mm-hmm. invalidism yeah. and frailty. And so uh, we want to keep ourselves uh, optimally balanced. I talk about that in my newsletter article. All right. Look forward. I'm Dr. Roland Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Have a great Labor Day holiday. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.